Welcome to Sober Solutions. We are a weekly recovery podcast, not affiliated with any particular 12-step or recovery program. However, you may hear us mention them. My name is Jason, and I'm an alcoholic and addict. My name is Chris, and I'm an alcoholic and addict. My name is Ben, I'm an alcoholic and addict. And welcome back to Sober Solutions Podcast. Tonight is episode 37. And as we get closer to the end of the year, I think I'd like to take some time for us to look back over 2021. And a lot of the world had some ups and downs. Um, But one thing that's remained the same is we've all got a chance to stay sober uh, and really live this entire year working our programs in recovery. Um, And I want to talk a little bit about how that's been for you over the year. What have you learned? What have some of your greatest accomplishments have been? What have your greatest learnings been? So Ben, why don't you start us off tonight? Well, thank you, Jason. And um, yeah, this, this year has been, uh, it's it's been a lot. Um, You know, just like thinking back, it's funny how far away uh, rehab seems, but how so like, fresh in my mind it is um but yeah no 20, 2021 was a it's a hell of a year uh for me and for us and um you know you know personally um you know hitting a year um getting a new job and taking it taking a step professionally that you know nothing just never would have happened while i was drinking it's just it's just a thing that i, I couldn't have even um I couldn't have even begun to execute a plan to better myself professionally, never mind, um, you know, carry it out for the last four or five months and, and excelled at it. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, my program has, has I, don't, I won't say it, it's fluctuated in that I've, I've strayed from it uh, really at all. Um, it's just adapted to life. And life getting lifey, um, you know. I, I think the the biggest thing that I learned in this year is that I'm not gonna ever want to stop controlling all the things around me, because it's just my human tenden- <clears throat> my human tendency to want to control things in my head makes things easier. If I have a say in what you do or how you act or it'll make me more comfortable. And then if I'm more comfortable, I'm at ease. And, you know, that's just not real. It's, it's not realistic. It, it, you know, it's, you know, and, and it was something that I learned in rehab. I mean, that was the one thing that they hammered into us at rehab was the only thing we can control is, is our reactions. You know, that's, you know, looking back, I actually found my folder from from rehab with all the all the stuff in it, all the pamphlets and 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 the handouts and stuff. And I was flipping through it last week, and 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 yeah, like they they literally just tried to drill in the idea that we can't control anything uh, other than our ourselves and our reaction, and and just getting away from the further you get away from I got away from rehab, the the less. I remember that, um, and so yeah, it's it's been a it's been a year, it's it's been a hell of a year, but you know I think the biggest thing is that we started this podcast, you know, and we we made it, um, you know, we we made it to this point, and I don't know if I thought we, I I remember when we started out, it was a couple of, you know. It was a couple of episodes, and it was going to be this or the. The fact that we've been able to pull this off without any big hiccups or gaps or, you know, diva moments. Well, some of us, but you know, it's it's just been a thing I was thinking about before we started that you know even on the nights that we don't necessarily feel up for it, we always walk away feeling better, um, and I really can't imagine. I I, I really did try to imagine it. Like, if I wasn't doing this podcast, and it would just feel weird. It would just feel weird. This this doesn't feel like a 
like a podcast project. To be honest, this this feels like a sober card game, and and we we get together once a week, and you know we talk before, we talk after, we you know we catch up on how we're doing, you know how, uh, everybody else, what's going on in everyone's lives, um, you know, and the and the reach that we've had is, you know, being in twenty four countries is, it's really insane. Like that's the part to me that that. Is just like we were just four, you know, just four goofballs just trying to figure out how to get through rehab in one piece. And we've literally started something that has been heard by at least one person in 24 different countries, which is not something that I, I, I really don't take it for granted because I never imagined having that type of impact. Um, in, in anybody's life in this country, let alone somebody else, you know, let alone 23 other countries. But yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's been, it's been, it's been a great year. Um, but what, what about you, Jason? So I would, I would say, you know, for me, my biggest accomplishment this year, aside from staying sober, you know, I think that's an obvious one for all of us is the, accomplishments that I've had at work and school. And I don't know which one would outweigh the other. Um, I just finished up my my most recent semester. Um, I have a 4.0 GPA uh, while working, while staying sober, while doing all these other things in my life. Um, and I have to pat myself on the back for that. You know, I, I really do. Um, because I know that if I wasn't sober, not only would I have not gone back to school, but there's no way I would have had the discipline to work a, an eight to 10 hour day and then go to school and do my papers and all that kind of stuff. Um, my work accomplishment is really being a trusted advisor to my organization. You know, I, I have frontline employees, I have um, colleagues, I have senior leaders that come to me and they say, you know, I trust you with this. And that is just such an amazing feeling. It's such an amazing feeling. Um, if I look at my personal accomplishments outside of those two areas, I'd say that the biggest accomplishment that I have achieved this year is around my relationship to romantic relationships. And I think I've mentioned this a couple of times on, on previous episodes, but I no longer feel like I need another person. I want another person, you know, I have another person, but I don't need that person. And that personal growth for me is a huge accomplishment because, you know, even 18 months ago, I saw my self-worth tied to a romantic relationship or tied to not having a romantic relationship. And so I think that, you know, for me, that's my biggest area of growth so far, at least in, in 2021. And, and I just hope that it'll continue uh, into the next year. Chris, how about yourself? I had all this time to actually think of a, uh, a great answer and I was just really focused on intently listening to you guys. So I think one of the things that I'm most proud of is being able to stay present. Um, I could list a litany of things, but I think it's the internal that I am most uh, proud of. You know, I could list some professional accomplishments. I got uh, promoted recently. Um, I could list some parental accomplishments as far as uh, just having a deeper relationship with my children. Um, romantically, I would say there's growth in our relationship. Um, we were at a terrible spot when I got out of rehab and, you know, we're at a point right now where we're 
buying a new house. We're talking about the future. It's it's very positive and it's moving in the right direction. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to lie and say things are perfect, but it's a, it's a lot better. But back to the original question, what I'm most proud of of this year is the internal and also understanding that you know, I've said many times that I always really got driven by like keeping up with the Joneses. And I, I know that my value comes from the person I am and not the things I have. And I think that is really my biggest accomplishment this year. I can't agree with you more. You know, that that reconnection back to real people instead of, you know, having the stuff around me um, has been huge. It, it really has been a huge accomplishment. And I totally, totally get what you're saying. Um, so, you know, looking back over the year, what's something that you've learned that's really stuck with you? The, uh, Chris, when you were talking about uh, the internal accomplishments, you know, uh, my mind immediately went to the external accomplishments, not accomplishments, but just my external level, level of comfortability. Um, especially with my sobriety and my recovery, you know, that was definitely something at the, at the outset that, not even at the outset, for a long time it held me back because I didn't want to have to explain why I wouldn't be drinking or why I would be drinking less or, you know, and, and now I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm probably, I don't think I'm open with it to a fault. I don't go walking around, you know, wearing a shirt saying I'm in AA. Um, but, you know, one of the realities was that I, I was in a job for, at a place for uh, 16 years when I went to rehab and I was gone for like four months and there, there was no way to come back and just be like, sup guys, how's, how was your summer? Everybody good? I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, we're, everything's good. I was kind of forced to kind of explain myself that and the rumors that were flying about me were just wild, absolutely wild. But, you know, so there wasn't really a, an opportunity for me to come in and kind of craft a narrative. And maybe that was a good thing. Probably wasn't one of the best things that I wasn't able to come in and control um, the narrative around why I was out. I was honest with people. I was straight up. I told, you know, people that inquired and genu genuinely cared um, I, I was honest with them and you know, it's, it's, it's really rewarding because I've now had a few people, um, that I work with, you know, pull me aside and, and, and get my opinion on where they're at, you know, and, and they're trying to figure out if they have a problem, if they don't have a problem, you know, and that is something that, you know, really is what I... I'm really the most proud of because I'm not just shutting down and, and, and sticking to, um, sticking to what makes me feel comfortable. I know I opened up with, you know, I wish I could control everything. So I, I do feel the most comfortable. Um, but yeah, no, I mean the, the biggest, I think the biggest learning lesson for me is that it really, there really is not anything that I've come across that isn't possible at all especially if you stay sober. You know, I mean, I think one of the hallmarks of the four of us is that we were able to accomplish some probably remarkable things while staying in it, while in the midst of addiction. You know, we've all told our stories on here or and snippets of our stories throughout these last 37 episodes. And, and we've done, we did some remarkable shit. Well, in even in the midst of addiction and now when you, we come out of it and we're in recovery, we are capable of so much more. And I guess I just didn't think that that was possible. I guess I didn't think that, I, you know, I was capable of getting a job that I put myself out there for. I guess I wasn't, didn't think I was capable of actually being able to go to a wedding and not drink or a birthday party and not drink or, you know, be around my ex-wife's family for the first time and make it through without having some you know, not, not even a, a mental breakdown beforehand, but I didn't, I didn't rack myself in anxiety and worry leading up to the event. So, 
you know, and that's only really possible because I have a clear mind and I only have a clear mind because I'm not drinking one day at a time. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, we were able to learn and grow a lot because we didn't drink. Uh, I think personally, I learned a lot about not reacting so quickly. And, you know, we've talked about the pause and I, we, I, I had a lot of ups and downs in my relationship with my wife this year. And I, I'll say right now, I am not great at not just jumping right in, but you know, she's actually taught me a lot about, you know what, take a pause, think about it. And it's okay to not even say anything. You know, Ben, you brought up before the only thing that we can control is our reaction to a situation or a thing. And being able to actually have some sort of control in my life, especially when things aren't going well, you know, is what I've learned gets me through situations in almost every, in a positive matter, almost every time. So Jason, what about you? Well, I was, I was just thinking about that. And there's, there's two big things that I learned this year. The first is how to actually listen, listen to myself and listen to other people. And, you know, really having that be the cornerstone to my communication skills, you know, really being able to actively engage other people through listening, um, but also listening to what I need. You know, I, I, before I got sober, I was so set on making sure that everyone else around me was taken care of. And I would never listen to my wants, needs, and desires. And so that has been the biggest thing that I've I've learned this year. Um, a close second to that is I learned that I don't always need to get what I want. I, I snicker when I say that because still somewhere deep inside me, I, I really want what I want. And, you know, and, and I think that my world's going to end if I don't get that. That's the thing. I, I was making it deep. Like if I, if I wanted a certain person or a certain job or a certain, you know, whatever, I went after it and I was always used to getting what I wanted. And what I learned this year is that I don't always need to get what I want. And in fact, you know, not listening to people and not having listening be part of my communication skill and always um, wanting what I want and never giving that that give and take. Um, those two things are rooted in control, rooted in control. And my my recovery program has really taught me a lot about those two things this year and really being able to give up that control without going out of control. I just want to jump on that first thing that you said about listening. You know, I, I think that um, you know, the, the episode with um, the moms was really big for me to hear my mom talk about how I'm, um, how she can see that I'm more reasoned and measured and considerate and mindful. Um, you know, that now is, you know, it's just, that's not something that I think about now. Like, that's just how I am. Like, so like, I don't even look at it. And it's, it's been a year. So it's, it's easy to forget what the beginning was like. It was, it's really easy for me to forget that like this time last year, I was, you know, coming to the end of a three month stretch of living at my parents' house it was just, you know, in the midst of a new, uh, relationship farting hearts and just head over heels and the but the the that feels like a decade ago and in that time I learned how to interact with my ex-wife interact with my father interact with my siblings interact with my girlfriend and and people in recovery and people out of recovery and I just, like, listening is such an underrated, it really is just an underrated thing because 
for so long we didn't listen to anybody and all we listened to was addiction saying get me more of what i want right now really quick i just want to document that you said the phrase farting hearts um i've, I've never, never heard, heard that, that before yeah that that's just hilarious um <laughs> but you know you also said something you said you know back in the early episodes it, it's amazing how much we've grown I would love to, and I haven't done this, just go back and listen to the first couple episodes because, you know, we centered our podcast around early sobriety, early recovery, and we've all grown so much in different ways and in different aspects of our life. And it would be so interesting to go back and kind of hear where we, where we were at at that point. I just think that would be so interesting. Well, I know, I know we've all grown tremendously since that. And I might do that exercise as well. Um, I, I know even in, in rehab and right out of, out of rehab, I was struggling to form sentences together. You know, like my thoughts were all over the place and I was just having such a tough time to really articulate what was going on in my head, let alone listen to people but really being able to just communicate overall. Do you, do you know how many times that my, my mom asked me in the first, like, the three months of living there if I was manic? Like, like that is just, just, I mean, I've, like, literally, I felt like, I didn't feel manic because I, I, I knew in my head what I wanted, what I was trying to say. But like you said, Jason, I literally could not articulate I literally had to learn. It was like a new, not even a language, but a just a way to communicate where I'm not the center of the universe. And that just was, it was, it was literally like, it was, I feel rebirth is some kind, sometimes kind of a, you know, it is, it is a little over the top sometimes, but it really felt like being reborn in this. I had to learn the basics, you know, the, the gross motor skills of like, just communicating on a very basic level with everybody around me. And yeah, it's, it's not something that I, I think as we've gotten to, to towards the end of the year that now it's just kind of like a default for us, you know, it's not something that I, I want to lose sight of. It's tough. It, it really is, you know, to get sober and then start to continue to build again, you know, you, you called it rebirth. Um, whatever you want to call it, you know, we're learning and relearning social skills and how to really interact with people without drugs and alcohol. You know, that's really, really tough. Um, ben, what would you say would be the toughest moment from 2021 that you've had so far? Oof, oof, oof. God, that is, there are a lot. Um... I think uh, there. I think that the I kind of look at it in like phases throughout the year, um, and oddly enough, um, in March, when um, my ex-wife and I got the um, the notice that our divorce papers had been finalized, and they had actually been finalized for like two months, but because of COVID and everything, like. Like we hadn't, we didn't, we weren't notified until like mid March. Um, that was real. That was that was a very emotional time um, where even being in a relationship that I wanted to be in and I was excited to be in, um, and I was looking, you know, everything was going great on that front. This finality of um, closing that that chapter in my life was was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, and then, you know, as I kind of embarked on this, this next phase of being in, in this relationship and, you know, being out on my own again, um, you know, having to deal with, um, you know, a loved one going through a relapse and a subsequent, um, you know, run there, um, that was, I mean, and you, you guys re remember a lot of it, um, or maybe you don't, but, um, you know, that, that was survival mode. I was in survival mode for a while there um, because I was, 
I was making sure that I was trying to make sure that like, again, I was trying to control everything. I was literally trying to control everything. I was trying to control what she did and who she was around and, and, and how I reacted. And, and I kind of just went on autopilot for a couple of months there where it was literally just trying to survive. Um, you know, and then you do this juggling act of explaining it to family members, explain it to, you know, you know, explaining it to people who had never dealt with it and then explaining it to, you know, people who had dealt with it. And so like, it was, you know, that, that stretch there was without a doubt the toughest part for me. Um, but I think that, you know, I remember early on, like being so emotional in, in meetings, I would, I was, I would, you know, cry, laugh, you know, all like, you know, it was a really great experience. I can't believe I just said that. It was a great experience to go through to really learn the most about myself because once I got down to a point where I just wasn't comfortable with who I was anymore, I just, you know, I, I wanted to change things about, about me, about how I reacted to it. You know, that's just not a place that I had ever been before where I would look at the actions of another and go, what can I do differently? And not to say that I would stop that, but, but what can I, how can I change myself to be the best version that, of myself that I could be? You know, and so I don't think I could have gone through, I, I don't think I could have gotten to that place without having gone through it. If, if I was still on the pink cloud, um, you know, I, 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 I don't, I kind of look back at that and and, and just kind of go, you know, ah, all right, like that that guy was an obnoxious bastard. Um, but the final phase where that was the toughest was just after a year, um, and and the um, and I remember so vividly, I was just. My, my girlfriend had written this note and it was basically how I, you know, I don't listen to her, you know, and I, I it was basically, I've, I've shared the story on here before that it was just something that my ex-wife could have written. And it was so deflating. It was so deflating because I was like, oh my God, I have over a year of sobriety. I'm this changed individual. I've gone through all of these things and I'm still that same asshole. And, um, somebody in, in my home group, you know, I was texting them and they were like, ah, you thought it was going to be different. Didn't you? Gotcha. And I was like, son of a bitch. They're like, yeah, no, this is it for the rest of life. Um, until you're dead. And so the alternative is that, you know, you could either be dead or drinking. And I was like, actually, you know what, when you put it that way, all right, I, I'd, I'd rather just be an individual who could, who can be disappointed in themselves and then have the desire to say, okay, I could fix that. I could work on it and that's what I'm gonna do. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's there've been a lot of tough moments, but I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't begrudge any of them. It, that's very tough. And, you know, I really acknowledge you for getting through that and learning something from that as well. You know, I think that could have easily tied to the question I asked you earlier around what have you learned from this year that's really stuck with you? Um, because even through my experiences of having someone in my life relapse, you know, we didn't have the same closeness that you and your person did. Um, however, I know how difficult that was for me, even though they were friends, you know, and, and not someone that I'm trying to build a life with, you know, and so that's, um, that's very admirable that you were able to not just get through it, but really learn something from it. Um, Chris, what's been your toughest moment so far this year? I, I've had a multitude of tough moments. I think, you know, Ben, first, I want to comment that you I really like what you said that I couldn't get to where I am without going through where I've been. Um, you know, I, I just want to say that I really like that. And I relate to that a lot. But my my tough moments, I think, revolve around loss. Uh, I've had a lot of, I wouldn't say really significant loss, but they've been hard on me. So um, my mother and stepfather moved to New Hampshire. 
Um, they were definitely a big supporters of my family. And, you know, with them gone, we lost a big part of uh, grandparent help uh, with the kids. We lost, you know, just mental and friendship help. You know, it's, it's just a different relationship. It's not that we lost them, but, you know, they're five hours away. Uh, my sponsor, the one that I really connected with and was working the steps with, he moved to California. So that, that was hard uh, midway through the year. I, I think for about two or three months after that, I basically, not that I like swore off the program, but I wasn't as vested. And, you know, I'm just, even right now, you know, I still go to meetings online, but I, I haven't gotten to where I need to be and dove back in and found a new sponsor. Um, I have a sponsor, but it, it's not the same, I'll say. Um, you know, my father, uh, he's not doing as well as he's been for the last couple of years. Uh, he has a, a disease, he's getting a little worse. And, um, I think lastly, I've had the loss of a lot of friends and that was a buildup over the second stint at rehab. But, you know, the first time I went to rehab, those friends kind of gravitated back and this time they didn't. And I'm okay with that. I've learned, uh, that, you know, uh, a reason or a season, you know, people say for or friends and the ones that are still here are truly my, my like ride or dies, my, my true friends. But this year I've had a lot of minor loss that I've had, had to just deal with and being, you know, the fact that I've been sober and clean, I've been able to get through that. Um, so I, I definitely, you know, Jason, you were talking about things that you're proud of. I'm actually proud that through all the things, and it's funny, you know, I'm talking about things that everyone goes through, like people, like life still happens, whether you're sober or not. And we're just able to handle those things differently. So that's kind of what I'm proud of as far as, you know, these tough moments. I, I couldn't agree more about the loss. You know, as I was thinking about this question, the first thing that popped up into my mind was the loss of my partner that I was, I was dating. And along the same lines that both of you were talking about, one, I don't think that if I wasn't sober, that I wouldn't have been able to really get through it the way that I did. Um, I think that it affected me, but I also had to go through it. You know, I had to walk through all of that, the loss, the pain, the questions, I mean, just everything. Um, and, you know, today I have been able to move forward and process it in a such a healthy way, such a healthy way, something that I would not have been able to do um, prior to getting sober. You know, I would have dove right back into a, a bottle or a bag and the cycle would have continued. You know, I wouldn't have been able to feel my feelings. Ben, you kind of put it as life is lifey, you know, and life is lifey because we're alive, you know, and we get to feel all of that because we have this new relationship with life, you know, that, that sober life that we live now. Um, you know, the, the, other thing that was really tough for me has kind of happened recently. Um, my grandmother's been in the hospital uh, twice in the last couple months. And just seeing her health decline, it's that reminder of how precious life is and that I can't do anything about it. You know, I, I can't do anything about it except be the person that I am, be the grandson that I am to her. Um, but I'm really glad that I, I got a chance to make my amends to her a few weeks ago. And, you know, I keep doing what I need to do for my recovery, which then impacts other people because we had this great conversation. And, you know, but it that was tough to see her like that. I hadn't seen her in two years. Um, one, because of my recovery and, and trying to get on my feet, two, because of COVID. Um, but really, 
really seeing her in this different state um, was was really tough. Um, you know, I, I think that the other things in my life that have been tough weren't as tough as they would have been if I wasn't sober. You know, I mean, I think we've said multiple times on, on this podcast that my best day out there is never as good as my worst day in recovery. I'll always pick that. I'll always pick a bad day in recovery over a good day out being active, you know, because I get to live a, a, a true life. Um you know, one of the things that I, I want to transition to a little bit um, away from from the topic of of you know tough moments is, and this could kind of be in the same vein, um, New Year's parties, and really dealing with that. You know, I, I have been invited to a, a number of parties. I know there's a number of circuit parties that I've been invited to. Um, over the last month and, and, you know, since, since Halloween and into, into New Year's and, you know, someone asked me, I think it was maybe two weeks ago. Um, he said, would you, would you go to a circuit party right now? And the honest answer to that is, I don't know. I don't know if I would be able to handle that. And that tells me what my answer is. You know, my answer then is no. Um, because I just don't know if I'm ready for that kind of thing. But one question that I have for the two of you is how do you survive those parties? You know, I mean, unlike most social interactions and engagements that we go to throughout the rest of the year, champagne is typically, if not always, available at these new year's parties you know the the champagne toast at midnight so chris what are you going to be doing for for new year's this year <laughs> it's funny because you think i'm actually going to do something on new year's <laughs> uh i love new year's so you know my daughter uh last year and her cousins were together and we put on this fake new year's party we're probably at seven or eight o'clock we have a countdown we have a little party and I know this isn't based around, you know, your question on uh, techniques and ways to, you know, ensure sobriety. But to be quite honest with the stage I'm at at life, I'm not out and about in in any sort of situation where there's alcohol around me. So, you know, what what I would do if I was out is, you know, what we've talked about, I would have a plan. Uh, if you, if you know, you just said a perfect, um, way you, you said, I don't know I'm re if I'm ready. So I know my answer. And really that self-awareness is what we all need to strive for. And if you aren't, aren't comfortable, if there's any question, it's not worth it. The one night to go out, which honestly, let's be honest, New Year's parties are crowded. They're usually you know, you're paying way too much money for whatever event you're going to. And at the end of the night, you're like, why did, you know, that wasn't that much better. Not saying you shouldn't celebrate and be with friends and family. And, uh, you know, it's a new year, celebrate life, but your sobriety needs to come first because that one night, if you relapse is not worth it. So to answer your question, I'm going to be with my family uh, will probably have uh, Autumn's cousins over and we'll have a nice night. And to be quite honest, I'll probably be in bed by 10 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, if I make it, if I'm, I, I, I probably will need some sort of nap between the nine and midnight hours because <sighs> New Year's is really simple for me. And it's because the New Year's party that I used to go to with my ex-wife's family was the event of the year. It was just, it, there was, it, it, I've never been to any other party like it. It was everything you could possibly imagine in terms of food and, and drinking and atmosphere and people. And it truly was just 
I mean, an unbelievable time to have gone through divorce and that's no longer like, that's not a thing I get to experience anymore. I, it's, I'm, I, even if I was invited someplace, I, I'm, I'm not going because one, I, I don't, I just don't want to be, I just don't want to be in, in a situation where I'm sitting there comparing it to my former life. And there's, it just, it's just not a thing that I need to do. It's not a place that I need to be. And it's, it's December 31st. And I just, I don't, I just don't care that much to be totally honest with you. Um, you know, but I mean, holiday parties on their own, you know, not, not just New Year's, you know, um, uh, the, uh, this Friday coming up. So it'll, it'll have been the weekend, uh, prior to this episode coming out. Um, got, I got a work Christmas party going, going bowling and they got this, everybody got this, you know, this group package with, uh, food and open bar for two and, and bowling for two and a half hours. Um, but th- going back to what I talked about before, where I, I've been open and honest with everybody, you know, about where I am, I, I'm I'm just excited to go because I I I don't have to make up excuses about why I'm not drinking or why I'm not doing this or and I don't I don't care about you know paying the same amount as everybody else even though I'm not drinking I just because I get to go to a place free of anxiety with with people that I really enjoy doing something doing you know having fun and not needing alcohol to enjoy it and. You know, and there have been so many events that I've gone through. My brother's wedding, one of my best friend's weddings, um, you know, uh, 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 family barbecues and not needing to drink and still have an amazing time. You know, it's, I, I, if I was guarded about where I was, I don't know if I could have attended an event like that with, with the same, um, you know, open-mindedness that I'm going into it with. But, you know, that's also another re- one of the reasons that I really do enjoy. I, I know they say, you know, I don't know who, I don't know who they is, but, you know, they talk about being in a relationship with somebody else in recovery. Um, it's just nice to not have to um, explain, one, explain yourself to them, but also to not feel obligated because if I was in a relationship with somebody that, that didn't have an issue drinking, I would feel obligated to go to, and, you know, parties with them and where their friends might drink or to um, events where they might drink. And, and I just, I, to not have to put myself in that situation, you know, that's, some people might look at it as running away from it. And if that's what people want to think, that's fine. But it's just a decision that I've, made like for me i just i don't i i need that in a partner that's i i need that in a partner um and and so yeah it's uh yeah new year's i i hope i make it to midnight but i'm not gonna that's a guarantee well i think what you're both talking about is not putting yourself in situations that you know you don't belong in right and you know, for me, that's about saying no to things. And so for New Year's this year, I have a reservation to spend the night at a hotel resort spa and really take care of me. You know, I'm, I'm going with the guy that I'm dating and we're just going to really wrap ourselves in self-care. And That really ties into my next question. I want you guys to think about this question. What's going to be your 2022 New Year's resolution? You know, um, it's it's something that for me, I had to really reflect on um, because I I know myself so well that every other year has been I make a resolution and then by March I have either broken it or forgotten about it or, you know, so I, I really don't make resolutions. But as I was thinking about that, my resolution this year is to really take care of me and really put myself first in all my affairs, you know, not just in my program, 
and, and things related to my program, but really around, um, you know, finances and relationships and family and being able to say no. And I think that's, that's my new year's resolution is learning to say no to things. Um, because I love to, you know, make people happy. I, I really do. Um, and this year I haven't sacrificed that too much. However, that's something that I want to continue to do. So my new year's resolution this year is to really use the word no and have that be a complete sentence, um, to things. So Chris, how about you? What, what's your resolution for next year? You know, when, when you were talking, I, I was just really reflecting. I don't know why, but I was just reflecting on this whole year of the podcast and I just kept jumping to the listeners. So before I give my resolution, I, I just also want to add one thing that, you know, we, we wish everyone a happy new year because, you know, we didn't get that out. And we hope that, you know, your year is filled with growth and recovery. So now that that's out... <laughs> Um, I think that my resolution, it's really tough. This is such a tough, I'm really bad at time management. Um, and it's something that I think that I used to be so good at. And I think I'm bad at time management because, and I use the excuse of, I just don't have time, but at the end of the day, it's time management. And so my resolution is going to be every day, whether it's 50, at, at least 15 minutes, to have some sort of growth, whether it's physical, mental, or spiritual. So whether I work out, whether I read or learn something or meditate or pray, I want to have some sort of growth with my, in my physical, mental, and spiritual self. Awesome. I think that's an excellent, excellent resolution. Ben, what about you? What do you have set up for next year? My resolution is to ask Chris to not text us before 6 a.m. That's, that's, uh, that's not a resolution I can have. All right. My resolution is to, one, stop hating resolutions. Um, I, here's the thing. Number, number one, it's not going to be a New Year's resolution. I'm, I'm going to start it right now. I heard somebody say that in a meeting a couple weeks ago. They were like, I hate New Year's resolutions. If it's so important that if it's this big thing that you really want to make a change in your life. Why the hell are you like waiting four weeks? Like why? Like if it's that big of a deal, change it right now. I was like, Oh damn, that's really good. My resolution, if we want to call it that is I'm going to pat myself on the back more. It's something that I don't do. And I kind of, I, you know, I really make a concerted effort for you not to see my ego. I, and this is not, you know, <laughs> this is not my coming out party of it as an egomaniac. That's not something that, that anybody needs. But there are things that I have done that I have accomplished that I should give myself more credit for. And I think one of those things is staying sober getting through another day sober every day. And I, you know, I think that's one of the things that I'm the worst at. Like I, I'm, I definitely can get into, and I'm probably in, you know, one of those phases now where I, being sober is just something that I should be now. This, uh, and that's how, that's how I am with a lot of things. I don't, you know, I don't like to take credit for things that I think I should just be doing anyway. And, you know, I, I've just the mindset now that I should be sober because I'm a, I'm a better human being when, when I'm sober. Um, but that's, you know, that's something that I should not downplay to myself. Um, you know, and, and not that I want to, you know, take away any of my humility, but just, you know, celebrate. Yeah. You know, kind of in, in the same vein as, as you, Jason, into just, to celebrate myself a little bit more, you know, and, and not be this kind of downtrodden, like, you know, you know, oh, you're so, so damn serious all the time, you know, because it's all Rudy. Listen, I'll close with what I opened with in that, you know, it's all in my desire to control things. 
you know, and I went, I, you know, I made it through a whole hell of a lot in the last 18 months, Jason. Jason, when you said 18 months before, I, I just kind of thought back. 18 months ago, not so we're, we're not even 18 months yet. 18 months ago, I was still living at, you know, in, in the house where I was raising my daughters. And my life has taken such a drastic, unbelievable 180 flipped upside down. And I didn't drink through any of it. And I never... And, and throughout all of it, I never came close to really thinking that a drink would solve the problem, you know? And yeah, like that's, it's pretty damn good for a guy who, you know, couldn't not drink for more than two days in a row for 10 years. So that'll be my resolution. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad you got there, Ben. I'm glad you got there. I think, I think that's a great resolution. But I'm starting um, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that, but you know what? <laughs> well, you know, as as Chris said, uh, we wish all of our viewers a very, very happy new year. We wish you nothing but the best in 2022. And we know that as you continue to remain sober, the sky's the limit. You know, I was looking this up earlier, and I think this quote is wonderful. Um, it's by David Bowie. He once said, I don't know where I'm going from here, but I promise it won't be boring. So happy new year to everyone. Um, if you'd love to uh, share your resolutions with us, you can find us on Instagram or YouTube at Sober Solutions Podcast. Happy new year, everyone. And as always, each and every one of our episodes is dedicated to the still sick and suffering alcoholic and addict, especially the individual who's going to pick up for the first time tonight. Have a good night, guys. Happy New Year and good night. Have a great night. We appreciate your liking and subscribing to our podcast. If you liked what you heard today and would like to support our podcast, feel free to Venmo a dollar to our virtual basket at Sober Solutions Podcast. We want to hear from you too. If you have a comment, question, topic, or would like to come on the show, find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at Sober Solutions Podcast. Or you can shoot us an email to SoberSolutionsPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show.